Like you've seen The Dark Knight, right? No. The second Batman movie after Batman Begins, you haven't seen this? No. Are you kidding me? I'm serious. This is like one of the best movies ever made. I'm freaking, my mind is blown. Like, you <laughs> haven't seen The Dark Knight? No, I didn't watch- Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Unrenowned Podcast where we talk about Siege. Things we like about Siege. Things we don't like about Siege and why we're bad at Siege. I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. And uh, we got some very interesting <laughs> stuff to talk about today. Oh my gosh. When, when we think we don't have anything, all this stuff just comes. Drama. It's so funny. I love it. So there's a bunch of drama, I guess, going on about aesthetic changes coming to Siege due to... Uh, um, what do you call that? What's the word? Censorship. Censorship in China. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about that. We're going to do another operator spotlight today. Um, and then we'll do Reddit and listener questions. But before we get into all of that stuff, we kind of just wanted to follow up on Madhouse um, and just sort of give our final thoughts on it. So I guess sort of the starting point for this discussion is that it seems like the community was not very happy about Madhouse in general. Like, Obviously, when I say the community, I really mean like the Reddit community, which is a very small subset of the community and like right. sort of the more hardcore, very like uh, very dedicated part of the community. So it's hard to gauge like the true community, like the actual how everyone actually feels. Yeah. You have your, your Reddit users are going to be mostly your PC gamers along with your ones that are more. It definitely critical. seems that way. Right. It, it's Internet people. <laughs> so yeah um but yeah like it, it it just struck me as strange i guess i guess i'm not that surprised but they just were not happy about it like right there was a lot a lot of salt about the uh cosmetics and how you like you couldn't earn them all and like you couldn't buy them with renown you had to pay real money and it was expensive i think it was mostly too like you couldn't buy what you want like even if you had to pay ten dollars for a skin you couldn't buy that skin like right it, there was it's a chance you packs. had to spend fifty dollars to finally get the one that you actually wanted right which i understand that does kind of suck yeah like i i like i'm with you guys like it sucks like and i don't love the way that they're handling that and nobody likes to pay money for a loot box you know for nobody wants to pay money to gamble um in their games so like that's it's dumb but like at the end of the day they're cosmetics like who cares, yeah, who cares? like it's not that uh, big it's, of a deal. it's just not i mean they have to make money off of this game it's like if we want it to continue to be supported they gotta make money off of it and it's like it's still a company yeah and, and this is not a predatory way to do that as far as i'm concerned you don't have to have the skins yeah. what it comes to. and if you have to have the skins well then that's something that's important to you and you got to put in the money yeah. You know, like that's that's. It's not. The, it's I just not don't know what deal. else to say. Yeah, like, and like I agree with you guys. It's too expensive. Fifty bucks or whatever, sixty bucks, whatever it came out to yeah. to like just purchase the full pack. Like that's too much. But yeah. so then just don't buy them. Like you yeah. know, if that's your problem, don't buy it. Next time it'll be cheaper. But so so okay. Apart from the skins and stuff, like just the event itself. Like I thought it was so fun. Like it was fun. The the decorations of house like all the everything that they did to it like was amazing i, I still am not a fan of the fog because no, that kind of ruined the gameplay a little the bit the fog did really suck yeah so that was kind of lame it did, yeah i think without the fog but it was still really fun though. like it was a fun thing to do for the amount of time that it was there yeah 
The one thing I actually did really like about the fog, though, was that it made spawn peeking like basically impossible to do. Yeah. Because if you opened a window or like if you're standing in the grate, like it's shining so bright for the attackers coming in that they like they can see your silhouette in there instantly and you can't really see them very well because they're out in the smoke. So in that way, like it was actually kind of nice because particularly on house, it's so easy to spawn peek and stuff. And it's just like, like that's a portion of the game that if I could, I would just somehow wipe away. Because, like, like I get it. I get it's part of the strategy, and I get, like, yeah, that's awesome for defenders if they can pick off an attacker, too, like, before they even get in. Like, that's that's a great... Like, it makes sense. Like, if you can do that in the game, you should. I just wish that it didn't exist because it's so annoying when you're just, like, I just want to play. Like, I don't... I Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's just, like, I just want to play. Yeah. I'm not not in a freaking, like, platinum ranked game right now like i'm just playing casual i just want to like get to the house and if you kill me getting into the house that's fine i just don't want to die in the first five seconds every time the thing about it too is like this is one of the first games where so like other other multiplayer games this is not possible you have like your um what are those called the frags that you throw at the beginning of the round um your your break frags yeah like in Call of Duty Four yeah <laughs> it's Church so of you Destroy. have like your your break frags that you throw like Counter Strike you have it too like you go in certain spots to throw the frag grenade in the certain spot right you might get someone running by but you, because players start on two different sides of the map and push towards each other towards the center it's not possible to do a spawn peek because in right. this game people spawn around the defenders mm-hmm. and the defenders can look out towards them as they're coming to them. Yeah, so like it's a whole different mechanic, which is why it exists in Siege and why it's so hard to get rid of because you have people spawning around you instead of on the opposite side of the map. Right. And the other thing that's different about those games is that they're just more traditional multiplayer maps, like shooter maps. And so like, right. like Siege, every single one of those maps, it's a building. And then like the building is really the map and the outside of the building is sort of just like ancillary to the actual map. Right. Um. And so the outside of the building is always like free roam. Like you could go anywhere outside mm-hmm. the building, like all around it, right? Whereas these other maps, it's like there's typically two, three, four paths that actually like lead through the map. And there's mm-hmm. going to be like turns and dead ends and stuff like that. But for the most part, like there's there's two or three like main paths yeah, that go through lanes that right lanes exactly. And like and you know where the other team spawned and you know where you spawned and when you've played enough you know exactly where they can get to and like where you know where you're meet yeah you know because where there's the a there's a time right like yeah it's like it's the same every time yep and so and so then there become those frags it doesn't really get dull i don't know how it, i don't know it's really, it's still fun <laughs> at least in call of duty for search and destroy i never got sick of it like i just love trying to like because that one was actually interesting because there was the difference of of like extreme conditioning where like if you Ooh, had yeah. that then you could move a little bit faster and so you'd get farther and so it was always like okay do i turn on extreme conditioning and try to beat them or try to like get farther to get the frag and so it was always like sort of this little mind game or it's like or is it better to go with dead silence and then when i do get there i can sort of sneak up on them like it's amazing like call of duty right. Force Destroy. i wish i could go back and play that in its original state thinking without being broken. Thinking about call of duty black ops i remember playing search and destroy so in black ops they had the perks and they had the pro perks or whatever it's so like you use the perk for a certain amount of time, you get the pro perks. So right, like, so you'd like upgrade it. Yeah, so like lightweight was like you'd be faster. Lightweight pro is like you're faster, and then I don't remember that one. But marathon was like you can run further. Marathon pros, you can run forever. Um, and then tactical mask was like you don't get affected by um, the gas. And then tactical mask pro is like stuns and flashes do less damage to you. And so when I had all them pro perks on Search and Destroy, you just run like so fast, and you get like right to where 
almost to where they spawn before they they don't even expect you there because their stuns don't get you their flashes don't affect you at all so it was like it at that point i was getting like to a point where they didn't expect i'd just get so many kills from that but that's yeah off the point of siege but still yeah I I, doing I, that. Man, it was so I, much fun we should just do like a special episode about call of duty one time they, like call of duty 4 was the only one i actually like really really got into but man i love that game um anyway so back to madhouse um i did i liked that about the smoke that like it just sort of eliminated that aspect of the game to a certain extent and just would allow you to sort of just play right um the the like the locked down to five operators on each side i still like the idea in theory i just like i didn't like i almost felt like it didn't it was sort. It was sort of like it was a weird group that they yeah. picked. Right. I I liked. The, I loved the lockdown to five. Maybe like lockdown to six or seven. So there's still like a maybe like oh do they have this because you always had Valkyrie. Right. That did kind of suck on house. Like, yeah. The other thing is on house. You know where all the cameras are. And it's so easy to kill them. But still, it's like you always have that cam in some random tree outside. I, I was fine with that. Like the ones that I would have switched, and we talked about this before. I would have switched. Um. Uh hibana for twitch right so you and then um jaeger for bandit yeah so then you still you maintain or that vigil for bandit or, or vigil for bandit or or mute even just to maintain yeah. that that um hard breach defense because like the house garage is that's super fun and mm-hmm. but like it's not as fun when they can open it without contest every single time every time yeah so and then when they have two operators do it so even if you do manage to pick off the thermite like they still have hibana every yeah. time and it's like Every time there was no point to reinforce the garage, almost it was like yeah, there really wasn't. In. But but what was actually kind of neat about that, and so like this is kind of the thing, like everything that that they changed about this was sort of a trade off, mm-hmm. and like it's it almost kind of just showed how deep this game is. That like you make the tiniest little tweak, or like or like disallow a certain operator, and suddenly like the whole game changes. Yeah. So like what was kind of cool about that was people started setting up and like so when it was in the garage. Um, people instead of like setting up their defenses in the garage would sort of set up back in the laundry room and the mm-hmm. uh i guess the, just the laundry room and then and then the, like the workout room right and then open yeah. rotation holes and so like you kind of sort of like got new stuff where like mira setting up premiere looking out from the laundry room into the garage mm-hmm. and then people are like setting up holes from above and trying to defend it that way and so like it was just interesting to see people like adjust yeah to right. that um but like yeah, overall i felt like all the people who were calling out like how bad it is and it was a, it was a, like a failed event and everything it's like just chill out guys like it was fun like it was yeah, super fine. cool like all the all the ghosts and the easter eggs i do wish there would have been more of like a like when i first got on it and i just saw like all the things that were in there with like the phone ringing and the doorbell and that kind of stuff i was like i think this is like a destiny raid type thing where there's going to be like some super obscure easter egg that you have to follow this like path to find but like <laughs> Nobody found anything like that, and that was yeah. a little bit disappointing. I just thought it would be a little bit more in depth that way. Yeah, but I don't know. Like overall, I just thought it was fun. It was cool. There were still a bunch of people playing it, so even if all these people didn't like it, I don't know why they're playing it. Yeah, and, and the other thing too that I saw is people were like, "I'm I'm not going to grind out sixty kills on this." Like it's freaking house, man. Like kills come quick on yeah. house. Like it's it goes fast. Yeah, it goes real fast. But I, oh, oh, also, I did love the 3.30 time. Yes, that was, was great. That was awesome. Okay, and the thing is, too, it still felt kind of long, but because it's house, right? Right. Like, they could have brought it down three had minutes. It, had it been hair awesome. for base or something? Like, it would have been perfect. Oh, I think that's a great timer for casual, especially because you don't get to choose where you spawn, you know? And so that's yeah. the thing that you have to take into consideration, that if it's going to take you 
if it's canal and you spawn on the wrong side of the map, you're going to waste 30 seconds just running Getting to where in. you need yeah. to be. Right. And so it's like, you have to take that into consideration for casual or even better, just add back voting for casual. Come on, newbie. Um, yeah. I think 330 is a great amount of time for casual. I'm hoping that's coming in season four, which when is this releasing? We don't know, but oh, I just can't wait. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're only, we started this podcast the week of Grim Sky, so we're only nine weeks into Grim Sky. So we still have at least three weeks before it's even been um, right. a quarter, right? Um, okay. But that well, means patch notes could be coming within like a week or two. Yeah, we'll see patch notes in the next couple of weeks, I bet. Or, or technical test server. Yeah, right. So I'm thinking. Uh, so yeah, we're going to start seeing operator teases pretty soon here. Yeah. Um, one last thing I wanted to uh, bring up from last week. So we talked a little bit about um, Will Sheikabob's operator idea. This is the third episode we're bringing him up, but um, he had he had the one where like the guy could like basically spray reinforcements on the floor and stuff, and then um, like cover up Maverick's holes with it. And so we added the idea of like, well, what if he could spray that on Castle's barricades mm-hmm. and uh, like make those hard reinforcements? Like that'd be really cool. Um, so we thought it, it would be super interesting if we could get a group of people together in a private match and sort of test that out. And the way that we would do that is we would just play and somebody would play Castle and we would just sort of all agree that Castle's um, barricades are only hard breachable. And so like it would just be like a, a gentleman's agreement rule, right? We're like, mm-hmm. okay, nobody's going to breach Castle's barricades except with hard breachers. And we're just going to see how this plays out. Because I think it'd be super interesting... Like I keep the one I keep thinking about is consulate garage, um, where you you know you you always reinforce the garage door, mm-hmm. and thermite always opens it up, right? Um, and then like the part that's scary there is that stair door, right? Like if you're the bandit or the Mira or whoever else trying to like somehow hold that um that garage door, that stair door is super super scary because it's there's not really a good position for a defender to like sit and like guard that no i've tried so many different it's so hard yeah there's there's just no spot to sit that's safe uh without like where they can't just peek in and hit the guy that's like standing on the garage door right so it'd be super interesting to to have some way for a castle to put up or any like however it works to put up some sort of hard breach on that door so now it's like okay thermite has to decide if he's going to open a big hole in the garage door or if he's going to open one hole and then open the stair door. Yeah. And then the other option is like, okay, so he, he does one or the other. And then you just throw up another castle and put another thing. Like, <laughs> I love my live castle barricades, right? So it's like, you just go up and you're like, okay, he opened it up. Here we go. <laughs> I'm like, right. okay, come over here, dude. Spray it down. Reinforce I think, it. Uh, what was I going to say? I think with that, the two is like, if that were to be a thing in actual siege, I think his barricade would have to touch the floor because if you could see underneath it too, like that would just be kind of ridiculous. Like anytime Thermite yeah. tries to put it on, you can shoot his feet because it takes Thermite forever to put his charges down. Right. So like, I feel like you'd have to agree as well. Like you can't look under the barricade like you normally can. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we could like kind of play with it and that's what would be cool about it. But it'd be cool just to like that. We can actually sort of try that ourselves. Yeah. Right. If we just got a group of people together. So that's something that's like on my wish list of things to do. All right, let's move into this aesthetic business. Oh, I'm so excited. I actually don't even know if I want to talk about this. I do. Um, so first of all, just to credit this properly, dang it, I lost this Reddit message. Let me bring this up real quick. We actually were sort of tipped off, off to this just before we started recording um, from Cal2K on Reddit, which for some reason that 
name looks familiar to me. I don't know if I've played with him before in a game or I've talked to him on Reddit or something, but Cal2K looks familiar. Anyway, uh, he just sent his message. He said, hi, man, really enjoying the podcast. I thought you guys might want to cover the recent Reddit fiasco. Love using the fiasco. That was the newest aesthetic changes coming to Siege. I, for one, am upset with the choice they made, and I feel it will turn out badly in the long run. I love this game, but stupid decisions like this will only hinder its lifespan, which I hate. Here's a link to the post. So um, thanks, Cal2K, for tipping us off to that because we, we hadn't seen it and we were just about to start uh-huh. recording. So this is great. Um, so, Chris, do you want to break down what exactly this is? Yeah. So Ubisoft today, nine hours ago, this is Friday. This is the 2nd of November. They released an announcement on the dev blog about aesthetic changes coming to year three, season four. So this next patch that we're going to, this next season that we're going to get into. So basically, their change. So they say, this is this is their first paragraph. We are currently working towards preparing Rainbow Six Siege for expansion into Asian territories. As such, there will be some adjustments made to our maps and icons to ensure compliance. None of these changes will have an impact on gameplay. We have examples of these changes at the bottom of the blog. So basically, because of um, censorship laws in China and such countries, they can't have certain images. So like, for example, one of the pictures that they're showing is like the girl on the stripping pole in clubhouse mm-hmm. just like kind of a provocative picture instead now it's like a pointing finger they removed like, also in like a provocative pose but it's not right. like explicitly sexual no. correct um they removed like some slot machines from clubhouse also she's flipping us off the... <laughs> unless that is that supposed yeah. to be her middle finger sticking up or yeah, pointer finger no that's her pointer finger in the new one yeah i can't tell it's her pointer finger i'm pretty sure anyway it might be her middle finger, actually. Uh, they removed that. They removed like some of the skull work. Apparently, they can't have skulls. They changed some in-game icons. So yeah, so this is all Chinese censorship stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's like there's a skull plane in, in Clubhouse, like the big skull that's on like the brick wall, and that's like they put like sunglasses on it and a and a bandana to like hide that it's a skull. Like I don't understand why that's. A problem? I don't know. I don't understand the law. I mean, obviously, Chinese culture is very different from us, and it's communist right. and all that stuff. So, Ex- like, exactly, the censorship in China is a whole another subject that we could go on for like seven episodes if we wanted to. <laughs> but just to do all these pictures, and then so there's the there's like a blood splatter on the wall and skyscraper. No, that's a tower. No skyscraper. I can skyscraper. never keep those straight. It's so annoying. Why did they name them so similarly? Uh, the blood splatter is just gone in the and new one. And to clarify one. this, this is not. Correct me if I'm wrong. This isn't like blood splatter that you would get if you shot someone, right? This is no, just this what's looks already like there. It's uh, yeah, yeah. This, I'm not sure. It says blood environmental, so I don't yeah, know if I, it's I, meaning like. I think it's it's like pre-rendered blood on yeah, the wall that correct. always there. That's what I'm thinking. Because if it's not, then that is actually a gameplay change. Yeah, they removed some slot machines. Is that on Clubhouse also, or is that on uh, um, the boat one yacht? I think it's on Clubhouse. Okay. Oh, I think it's on Yacht. Okay. Uh, and, and then the action feed icon. So they, the melee icon right now is a knife. They're changing it to a fist. Um, the death icon, the like sort of when you just die without an explanation, looks like the skull. That's been changed to just like a torso with an X over it, which, right. <laughs> which is like a really lame symbol. The friendly fire icon. Did they change that or? I'm not sure. I think before. No. Yes. They did. So before it was just it just showed like the gun or whatever killed the friendly. It would show like friendly name kills with the gun friendly names. So no, I guess it's changing to that. Question though. So why is the knife not okay but the guns are okay? Yeah, I don't know. That that's what doesn't make sense. And well, and what Unless, really doesn't make sense 
is you're shooting people in the game. So like, I guess I'm arguing against like Chinese censorship that I know nothing about. So it's kind of hard exactly. to say, but it's very confusing to me that they don't want blood splatter on the wall, but you're going to be shooting each other. I imagine there's going to be blood uh, in the game, blood spurts, just like there is now when you shoot somebody. Right. Like, the law of just like what is sense. what is this censorship even about? Right. I yeah, that was a whole other study again. But basically, this whole thing is they just want they want it to be easier for Ubisoft, right? Instead of making two builds all the time, they just want one build. Yeah. And, so let's let's read about. their full explanation. Okay. Um, they said basically a single global version. That's their title. We want to explain why these changes are coming to the global version of the game as opposed to branching and maintaining two parallel builds. Uh, we want to streamline our production time to increase efficiency. By maintaining a single build, we are able to reduce the duplication of work on the development side. This will allow us to be more agile as a development team and address issues more quickly. We want to be future-proof. Having the same people working on a sing- singular global version of the game ensures we only need to do the work once. In addition, we can guarantee that any future changes are aligned with the global regulations we are working towards. We will not change the core of the game. We have a commitment to ensure the Rainbow Six Siege experience remains true to its roots. We are adjusting art and visuals, but are not compromising what makes Rainbow Six Siege the game you know today. Okay. So let me start with my first thought. This is a good thing. <laughs> that's my... That's my... That is what it is. It's a good thing. This is not... I want to get into all these posts and everything, but just before we start, this is good. This is not bad. This is good. This is giving them one team to work on one thing instead of spending all this extra time doing this other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be to save money, but that's a good thing that they're saving money because then they can spend that money on doing more stuff. Right. You, yeah. Like The thing is that it's not... Don't think of it in terms of money because the game has a specific budget, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that budget pays for a specific amount of development hours. Right. Right. So like the, the like it's not about saving money, it's about directing that budget or those hours. Think of it more in terms of like time. Right? They only have a certain amount of time each week to put okay. to the game. And um and and like by saving that time on the on, you know, fixing like things with, with two different versions of it, they're able to spend more time fixing Tachanka. Right, and like right. fixing yeah. castle. Yeah, so that's a better way to put it. Instead of, um, I mean, you're right. It is about this, saving money. They're now saving time and putting it on this. Right. You just have to. You just have to like think it all the way through. Like, I'm not talking to you specifically, but like the people who mm-hmm. are um, who are criticizing this is like they're just penny pinching. It's like, well, no. Like the game has a budget, and like they can't go over the budget now because they're going to China or whatever. Like, now with that said. And not being a game developer, but being involved in software development, I have to believe there's a way to do this that doesn't um, require separate branches of the code. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why there can't just be like environment variables that are like, okay, censorship true or false. And then anytime that you have something that needs to be censored, if censorship is true, do the alternate icon. If censorship is false, do the original icon. Right. Like, I don't understand why it's not like a simple you don't have to have two full separate branches. Like, why don't you just make it one thing with different variables? Right. And it's not like it's changing. Like they said, it's not changing the core of the game. So it can't be that. It's just art. It's just stuff on the walls. Exactly. You just, you just like, include really, both assets in the game. It's just a different. Yeah. Again, I'm not a game developer, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm talking out of my butt, but like with, with experience in software development, like I don't understand why you can't just have environment variables that 
would specify which which asset to use. Right. There's probably a very good reason that we don't know, but I hope so. But okay, so let's get into the drama. Yeah, this is very everybody it's fun. buckle up. Here we go. This is so hold fun. on to your butts. So this is a post by um Ku on the beat. Is that the right way to pronounce that? What are we looking at? I have officially uninstalled Siege. That post? Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, okay. So Wait, you is this, is this the good stuff? Yet. Is this a separate post or is this within the comments? This is a separate post. Oh, okay. This is on um, like the top of the sub right now. Posted four hours ago. Okay. It, someone gilded him gold. <laughs> see ya, dude. <clears throat> so, don't let the door hit you on the way right out. Ku on the beat. I don't know. I'm not looking at it. Ku on the beat. C O U. I'm not gonna spot. I have officially uninstalled Siege. Is his title so basically he says he played all the betas he purchased the game mid year one season one so like january of 2016 basically um he's loved the game for the last three years he started disliking it um for a little while he came back halfway through year three season two played for a little bit he said it seemed to get dull year three season three he didn't like the hit reg issues and stuff Apparently, this was where his bubble was bursted and where he decided to call it quits with Siege when they decided to censor stuff. So he goes, Ubisoft has just announced that they will be censoring all versions of Siege due to the restrictions put in place by the Chinese government. And instead of making two separate leases of the game, they will be, pun- they will be punishing players all across the world because they are too greedy and too caught up in their own wealth to actually care about their community. Let me stop you there for one second. You're not being punished. Get over yourself. <laughs> okay, continue. This is a practice I cannot support, and they are allowing a fascist government to control the entirety of their player base, not only in China. So today I am saying goodbye to Rainbow Six Siege and goodbye to Ubisoft. I will no longer be buying any Ubisoft products, and I recommend you do the same. Thanks for reading. Also, China's not fascist, it's communist dictatorship, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't even know, like, where... When people do this, it's like, okay, fine, don't play Siege. Like, nobody's going to miss you. It's fine. Who cares? Like, they got their money from you a long time ago, and you got plenty of enjoyment out of the game, apparently, if you've been playing it for two years. So, like, if if you don't like it now, like, tough luck. See ya. Right. And so every comment that says, so I scroll down to the bottom to find my comments that are the ones negative towards the post. Basically, they're saying this is like Reddit's the great place to circle jerk, which it is. Like you see something, you agree with it, and you get upvotes. Mm-hmm. So the people that are disagreeing are obviously going to get downvotes. And everything that they're saying, like the op op replies and says, well, me and 400 other people. Like, okay, so you and 400 the, people. Wait, the OP? Is that what you mean? It's not the op. It's the OP. Well, I just always say op. Original poster, OP. So op replied, OP, whatever you want to call it. So he always just says me and 400 other people. It's like, okay, well, one. Do you think only 400 people play this game? So you and 400 people are upset that they're moving, they're taking out gambling machines out of part of the game. And what about the other, like, hundreds of thousands of people that play Siege? Like, yeah. I think most of us don't really care. Who cares? It, yeah, like, I wish they wouldn't, you know? Like, I wish they wouldn't, like, sort of, in quotes, corrupt the game because they want to go to China, and China has... Like silly laws, yeah, stupid arbitrary rules. But like, it does, it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game at all. Like, I won't even notice if they hadn't right. posted this. They could have done it, and I never would have noticed. I could play the game for a hundred more years, and I never would notice. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think of. I, I I think I would have noticed that icons, the kill icons. Yes, the icons I would have noticed. Um, maybe that. But I would have just thought, why did they change these icons again? Like they already screwed them up <laughs> once. Like I wouldn't have thought it had anything to do with censorship. Yeah, they they literally could have not said anything about it, and people, I don't think anyone would have noticed, like, oh, 
they're moving to China, so they're censoring everything in the game. Like they probably would have been better off just not saying anything. But this is this credits Ubisoft because they're not they're just explaining what they're doing. They're being transparent in what they do, which is a good thing. Like people are complaining in the comments that they're a crappy like dev team and all this stuff. Like whoa, they are not. Like they are really, really, really good compared to other dev team. Call of Duty dev team, for example, they don't listen to people for crap. Yeah, like they don't listen at all. Yeah, three four three, they don't listen to people. Three four three definitely doesn't listen to people. Like they listen. They're on the subreddit constantly, like commenting on posts and like saying thank you and giving advice and doing AMAs. Like it's the the best community development I've ever seen in a game. And it started to show in other games, like as Ring of Elysium started. I, I mean, I think uh, I definitely think that they could improve, and I've seen other games do better. Like um, Blizzard tends to be better about it. Uh, Bungie tends to be better about listening to people, making them feel heard. Uh, the Rocket League developers are oh, Rocket are League, fantastic. Yeah. Rocket League's really good. Psionics is a plus. Yeah, that's true. Rocket League is, and like of course they can. I would wish that they were more transparent on some things like spawn voting and casual that they have not commented on for three years. Yeah. Not one single word about it other than we agree with you, winky face. Yeah. That's the best we've got after three years. Yeah. We agree with you, winky face. Uh, well, they've actually responded to that several times in the negative. Right? I think so. Yeah. Several times they've said, like, we're, this is why we did it. And, like, I think that was just the original. The original time is when they did it. They explained why. Maybe I. I feel like they responded to it. But anyway, um, what's funny about this? So our friend Taylor that we've mentioned before, uh, he plays with us a lot. He he's always wanted to like make a Reddit bot that would, uh, anytime somebody basically says like I'm done with this game, like, or whatever, um, it would like sort of tag them. And then, like, if they ever came back to the subreddit and posted anything again that, like, says anything about, like, they have played the game, then it would be, like, gotcha. Or, like, like I don't know what it would say, but but it would be, like, you're a hypocrite. And, like, I think we should find this guy's gamer tag and <laughs> follow up in, I... like, two weeks and see if he's still playing Siege. Right. Like, also, he just joined Reddit two months ago. So this is probably an alt. But like whatever, like okay, um, let's get into the actual comments on Ubisoft's original post about it. Or this is well, it wasn't Ubisoft. Somebody else uh, posted the blog post and sticky to, to Reddit. Zero upvotes. So yeah, this guy just posted the blog post. One of the top upvoted things is absolutely unacceptable. Make two versions of the game, and then Ubisoft replied, uh, "Who was this? Ubi Naughty." to help allay some concerns about the changes and the future. Moving forward, we do recognize and understand that for some elements, it is not possible to have a completely global build. Thus, there will be some things that are split build-wise. While our goal is to maintain as close a parallel as possible between builds, we will also not compromise the core integrity of the gameplay mechanics as they exist currently. Edit for additional clarification, this branch build will be region-locked and will not have access to the worldwide data centers to engage with our existing player base. Furthermore, VPNs will not function as a workaround. If this is the case that they need to, uh, they're looking forward. They think that they're going to have to have a separate build anyway. I don't understand why we're not just starting with a separate build now, and like filtering out the censorship. It doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, one of the replies to that was make a totally uncensored build for everyone outside of China. It's that simple. Valve does it with Dota two and CS:GO. You guys can do it with R six Siege. Otherwise, expect a lot of people wanting their money back. Which I mean, get over it. You're not getting your money back. 
Blizzard does it with their titles as well. I mean, I kind of agree. Like, I don't understand why we're not just making a separate build. Yeah, if you're already making that, that so this is where it doesn't make sense. Okay, so I'm, I have two things. One, I don't really care that much. Like, it's not a big deal. And two, it's like, if you're already making a separate build, why not? Yeah, they're admitting that at builds. some point in the future, they will have to have a separate build. They'll so make a separate what are we build. doing? Why are we doing this? Now you're thinking about like, oh, we're doing a save time. It doesn't really make sense because you're already doing a separate build. I don't really have much else to say about this other than like, it's kind of a non-issue. Like, it sucks that they're sort of like buckling to that when they've like, they have made this game successful throughout the West, you know, and, 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 you know, throughout um, plenty of sane countries in Asia and, and all that. And it's like, so why now do we all have to bend to China's will? so that you can uh, make more money in China. I don't know. I, I think we spent too much time on this already. It's a non-issue. It's just like... Yeah, it's really not this big of a deal. We are in an uproar about this. That... Which, actually, it's great. Like, if this is what we're so upset about, and this is, like, this is the top issue that people have right now, then it speaks a lot to how well the game's doing. That's a really good point. So That comment by Ubi Noti, by the way, has it negative 806 yeah, points. Yeah, it's... It's like that EA response to uh, the, uh, what are they called? Microtransactions in Battlefront 2. It's the most downvoted comment. I think you might have been on your mission at the time, but it's the most yeah, downvoted comment on Reddit, I believe. Are you serious? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's like 9,000 downvotes or something crazy like that. Oh. Um, anyway, uh, see you later. Coop on the beat. Not really going to miss you. If you're getting that triggered over freaking censorship, like negative six hundred eighty-three thousand downvotes. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, one other like just random thing I just wanted to say, like I was just looking through their um, blog post for the past week or so just to ch- catch up on anything else, and they had a blog post called "New Weekly In-Game Challenges Coming to Rainbow Six Siege October 30th, 2018." I was like, "Oh, are they like restructuring the challenge system or something?" And it's literally just a blog post that says the Echo and Tachanka birthday challenges start this week. And then it tells you what the Echo birthday challenge is and what the Tachanka birthday challenge is. And I'm like, this is just like a standard challenge update. Why is this in their blog? Why? Yeah. Why is that a blog post? It shouldn't be. And it's... why are their challenges still so silly? Yeah. Kill 20 drones. <sighs> Let's get why? Have we talked about challenges before? On this? I think a little bit. Yeah, well, we have. Because I remember talking about... Um... Reach and... Right, and getting something, like, unlocking something and thinking, yeah, like, oh, okay, unlock yeah. that. But can we talk about daily challenges, though? Because I don't think we talked about that. Uh, we talked yeah. more about, like, getting challenges. For skins. Okay. Daily challenges are so stupid. Same with the um, club challenges on, on Uplay. Yeah. Club challenges actually are better than, than the daily challenges, I feel like. Yeah, I think so. So, most of the time, the challenges... Um, are things like play three multiplayer games or win four matches with these operators or mm-hmm. just basically play the game and you're going to get yeah. these challenges. Like play half three the time rounds I don't as even, a defender. Like, yeah. I it's don't like, even realize what? like that I'm getting challenged and just getting them. Uh-huh. Like that's not a challenge. A challenge is like use mute jammers to jam 15 drones. Like there's a challenge. Yeah. And that should be worth some freaking renown. Second thing, club challenges, I get 250 renown for winning no. Okay, so it's like 200 and on for winning a terrorist hunt match with FBI. And then the daily challenge inside the game is I get 250 renown for playing 
one terrorist hunt match <laughs> as anyone. So like I get 250 for just joining terrorist hunt and then killing, and killing myself. Yeah. I get 200 for actually having to win it as a certain Eric. Yeah. Like that makes no sense. It doesn't. Like, I, I almost wonder if it's the same team that's behind both challenges. If it is, what are they doing? Well, I'm, and I'm, I'm sure that they're just auto generated. Like they plugged in some, some like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeds, and it just generates these challenges every week. It needs to have some real challenges, like yeah, and that so, gives you actual reward, like heart, destroy five drones with bandits' batteries. Like that could give you like a thousand renown, or maybe it had to be a little harder. But like, make hard challenges. Make it. Oh, freaking Halo Reach had that weekly challenge that was like actually difficult. Yeah, like so they had daily challenges, and then they would have like some weekly challenge that was like hard. Like, it was not an easy... You had to focus on it, you had to do it. It was not an easy thing to do. So, like, that would be a really cool challenge to have that would give you, like... In Reach, it would give you a bunch of uh, credits, however, whatever they called them. Uh, credits, I think. I think it was credits. And in Siege, it would just give you, like, a bunch of renown, like, 1,500 renown or something like that for completing a difficult challenge. Yeah. So, the more we're talking about this, though, what I'm thinking of... I think we've brought this up before, is that, like, what's good about these challenges is that it doesn't cause anybody to play the game in a dumb or like bad way you know like if the challenge is just to play as a defender or to get kills or to play a certain op like you don't like end up with people like doing stupid stuff trying to jam drones right right where they're like they're just like all they care about is throwing yeah just to get challenges so they can get their skin and it's like because that's frustrating yes so be careful i don't know like i like it's it's not, it doesn't, I guess, like, like, I've complained about this plenty of times before, and I think normally I would agree with you, but the more I'm thinking about it, it's like, well, why risk breaking something? It's like, it's fine. It doesn't affect yeah. my enjoyment of the game, really. Yeah. But I still like challenges. Yeah, I like challenges, too. I think they're fun. Let's hop into our operator spotlights. Uh, so we are going to do Rook and Sledge today. Uh, I think you should start this time. Hit us up with some Sledge spotlight-ism. Sledgy poo. Okay, so sledge, first of all, just two armor, two speed. He has his elite uniform, though, is actually pretty cool. So I don't really like how he looks, but I like his hammer. His hammer is so his sick. Hammer it's like it a, is so cool. Like a mace. Yeah. And I really think it would be really, really cool if you could get like a gold hammer for sledge for doing something awesome. I don't know what that thing would be because it can't, like you were just saying, it can't be destroy a bunch of walls because you're going to get people just going in the game and destroying a bunch of walls, try to get their gold hammer. It would have to be something, and it can't be like get hammer kills because then you'd have people just being dumb with sledge trying to get hammer kills. Mm-hmm. Um, it can just be get a certain amount of kills with the operator, right? Like, I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's a really cool headgear. His weapons, so he has the... Um, SMG 11 that has now been buffed again. It's still a very like shaky submachine gun, but it's not like as crazy it was before. As soon as the season was released, it was very nuts. Um, primary weapon I always use the LF5, L85, L85A6 or something. Yeah, L85A6A, L85A1, I think. 
There you A2? go. L85A2. That might be it. I'm pretty sure. L something has an 8 and a 5 and a 1 in it. In also, <laughs> as you're talking about him, I'm really sad that Thatcher doesn't get the SMG11. Yeah, he just has a it's, pistol. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Also, that weapon has the coolest skin. It looks basically like a Halo gun when you put it on. We talked about this when I did Thatcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the like the blue and white. Right. Like, uh, I think it says SWAT on it or something. Yeah, I think so. It's but, cool. Uh, it looks It's a really cool so skin. Sick. A really cool skin. And actually, I was going through the skins for it, and there's like other like really cool skins for it, too. Like, that gun just looks so good. Right. Ash's G36C, I think her R4C as well, also has a similar skin that looks the same. It's just red instead of blue. Mm. It's pretty cool. Sweet. So my favorite thing about Sledge, honestly, is just the fact that he can get through stuff so fast. And he can open up walls so fast. Like, it yeah. is so nice. Like, so both he and Buck, like, I don't really play them very often. But then every time I do, I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, what you can mm-hmm. do with these people, just like, just being able to make a decision and execute it. Like, you don't have to, like, take the time to put a breach charge down. It's just, you just do it. You know, you just right. move. You just go. And, like, you're just sort of free. Like, if you get into trouble, you just turn around and run back through the wall and, like, get out of there, you know? Or, like, if you know somebody's behind a wall, you just you smash it and you kill them. And just, like, every single time I play those guys, I'm like, I should play these guys more. Like, they just give you so much freedom to do cool things. Right. I The thing, too, with Sledge is he also has frag grenades. So, like... Yeah. Well, Buck does, too. Yeah. Oh, true. So they, they both do. They're both basically the same operator. Oh, my gosh. In my eyes, just, like, sort of slightly different. They really different. are. I mean, they really are, actually. Like, the more I think about it, they are literally the same exact thing. They, I mean, yeah, they, they function in the same role, and it's just sort of, like, uh, little little differences you have to choose between. Right, different. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but I just love that. I love the fact that he has frags, and he has a sledgehammer that can get him anywhere, anytime, super fast. And especially if you're trying to run from somebody, like, no problem. Trying to open, you have, like... So sometimes you'll get that where they just accidentally leave a wall soft and you're like, uh-oh, like that sucks for them. I'm just going to open this whole wall real fast while my team shoots you through it. Yeah. Um, that's the best thing. I, the other day, I was playing Sledge. Actually, this happened like a week or two ago. But like, don't you just love those like Sledgehammer kills that you can get? Like, just, yeah, they're so beautiful. Uh, I was playing um, Border and Echo. The objective was, I'm pretty sure it was just a casual match. Because the objective was that, like, first floor objective that, how do you explain that one? It's not the bathroom and the um, armory or that one. The workshop and the... It's the room that's, like, the big room with, like, the metal detector inside of it. Oh, uh, yeah. Security? Maybe. Or something? Uh, checkpoint? Is it called Checkpoint? Yeah, it looks like it's a checkpoint. It has, like, the little office. Yeah, building. people know what we're talking. It's got the metal detector and the luggage Tower. check and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's where the objective was, and Echo was, like, hiding behind a shield, and I saw him there on a drone, and it was, like, 1v4 or something. It's like, he's still there. So I just, like, ran in, hopped over the shield, and hit him with my sledgehammer to get the, like, last kill. <laughs> it was so funny. And it just felt so good, because I was just like, gotcha. Got him. <laughs> like, that sucks. Um, okay, so there are some counters to Sledge, though. I, yeah, just before you move on, I do love that, like, Sledge is one of the very few operators that has, like, a trolling type of kill. Right. Like, most operators, like, the best you can do is knife them. And, like, but Sledge has his, his authority to yes, kill them. Yes, he has. He's got the manhammer. Um, moving on to counters for Sledge. So, your biggest counter to Sledge is a freaking reinforced wall. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, everybody can counter sledge, and that is putting a reinforced wall and not being dumb. The good thing is, a lot of times, people forget to reinforce something. Yeah. My favorite one is freaking bank when they're in the basement. Always, every time, they forget to reinforce some hatch. Yeah. And you can get well, there. because there's like four sledge. hatches that go yeah, down there. there you have to You have to physically remember. There's obviously. literally five hatches that go to the basement. One, two, three. Ba- Four, I'm counting four. There's the elevator, Five. the vault, yeah, right. the one in the hallway, the one in that B objective, I Open think. Open area. And then the one and that the one goes that into that like, electrical water sprinkler room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're talking about underneath. Yeah, right. So there are five. So you have to use, you have to have three defenders go up there and reinforce. And I think the thing, the one that you don't need to reinforce is the one over the sprinklers. Yeah, you can let that go. And so you can just have two go up there and use both the reinforcements. But if you forget one of those, literally a sledge, you can go up there and hit one of them half the time they're not even in that side of the basement because they're focusing all on from the tunnel right. and garage yeah, every time. Vol and elevator get forgotten quite often. Yeah. So you can literally like you hit it and you wait a second to make sure nobody heard get your drone down there. And if nobody's there you just drop down you go inside and the you vault just kill and there them. you are. You're yeah. in the vault. And I'm in the vault. Guys, guys, guys I'm in the vault. Guys I'm in the vault. What do I do? It's the best. It's yeah. so fun. All right. I do it with uh, I did it with Lads one time because he just has that three shot like break anything and buck i do it a lot too but that is my favorite like sledge oh it's great just hitting something that they're not expecting that they forgot because people forget stuff all the time is the best thing ever yeah um back to his counters though literally anybody counter sledge just put up the reinforced wall in the right spot and that's the great thing is people forget to put up reinforcements um who is he good to combo with shields Yes, yeah. a sledge and a blitz like that's a potent combo. Um, Monty too. Uh, I mean, other than that, like he he really can go with anybody just because like he's the mobility operator, right? Like he just he allows you to keep moving and not have to slow down. Um, also, like I like to run him like with a thermite, so then it's like nothing can stop us. Right. <laughs> Literally, nothing can stop us. There we're just no we're going where we there want to go. Is nothing that can stop us. Yes. <laughs> Not Gandalf, not his, you shall not pass. <laughs> oh, yes, we shall. <laughs> Here we come. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, honestly, that's one of the operators that is good almost with anybody. He's just an all-around good operator. You can pick him every single time on any map, and it's a good operator to have. Yeah. Part of that's because of the frags. You can almost always get a maestro or an echo hiding behind a freaking shield if they don't have Jaeger. Yep. Because they don't pay attention really to... Now, that's where you get your good... This is going off track a little bit, but your good Echoes and your good Maestros don't hang out in the objective behind a deployable shield. Yeah, it's like, so obvious. It is. You see the deployable shield, you know exactly what they're doing there. They're on their cameras the whole entire time. Yeah, th- there's like there's a few objectives that I will hide in um, if they're like pretty safe. Like the... Um, what's that? Aviator room on um, Villa. Right. I, I like to hide in, in that, like the trophy... Or, yeah, whatever, that vault room. Yeah, because it's so safe. Decided they to stop to... doing that though, because like, I I have like I still will use it, but I don't always use it anymore. But it's just it's nice because they have, have you... to get through the objective to get to you. Right? Have you tried going behind the bar yet? Yeah, I've done that a few times too, and that that seems to work okay. Um, and I think like sometimes it's nice because like you're down to two v five, like you, those are your last guys, and you're already in the objective. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of nice if it starts getting down to like nothing. You have like your maestro who's downstairs that can come right, up. Right. Yeah. So that's that's what I do in a lot him. of places. It's like okay, I put my stuff down, and then I just I'll go to the next floor and find like just a corner. Right. And it's a little bit more risky in some ways, but in other ways, it's like well, the chances that they actually come in here are pretty small. Right. 
and like yeah just going in a corner laying down and then, and then the you piano can just hide somewhere where there's a camera nearby and you just like yeah go and check that every once in a while yeah right um but that's yeah that's a random tangent but literally sledge with his frags is a good killer operator that you can pick yeah anywhere. what are your thoughts on him just as far as like balance do you think that he's I think he's perfect. Yeah, I mean, he he's, he typically lands like right in the right crosshairs in the of center that, of the crosshair. Yeah, Every, of that graph. I think, I think what they do with that graph is they just see where Sledge is. They just draw cross <laughs> through Sledge. <laughs> this sledge is, is like the target. Everybody. Yeah, this is where you should all be. This is Sledge, our boy. I'm trying to think of like what changes he's had throughout the game. Like the one that sticks out of my mind is the increase of speed That's to his sledgehammer right. swing. Uh, I think they cut that by like in half or more. Like it used to take so long. Like if you guys didn't see this, you should go back and watch some like videos of people playing Siege when it first came out. Right, it's insane. He has gotten better. So he used to when he hit the floor, he used to have to hit it twice because he hit it once and had to hit a second time to get like underneath the steel beam. Yeah, twice every time. They've increased the range a little bit of it. Like before, you had almost be on top of something and like. It was like like one time I sledgehammered a barricade that someone was rolling down, like while they were rolling down it, while they were rolling it down, and it didn't hurt them and it didn't hurt the barricade. It just did nothing. Weird. And I was like, that should do something. I posted it on the subreddit and I got a bunch of upvotes. That like I was like, that's <laughs> always do... reports on the number of upvotes he got. <laughs> like that should do something, and now it does. Like it's it's increased a lot, but it's increased to be a lot better than how it was before. Um. There's another buff that he got that I just thought of. Oh, also the um break the unbreakable. I don't I don't know how to like the durability of his sledgehammer is increased. It used to be fifteen, now it's twenty five. It's oh yeah. So it used to break like not super fast, but like it would break sometimes. Now I never it never breaks on me. Also, he can destroy the barbed wire in one hit, and I think right. that's amazing. That's like, nice. The fact that he counters the barbed wire castle and maestro like i think that makes him really really great and right. i think those counters are perfect like the, he has to run up to a maestro thing and hit it with a sledgehammer like that is a perfect counter like even though like last week i said like maestro shouldn't be able to do that like for some reason with sledge it just seems more fair i just because just because like maestro has the perception of uh, maestro, uh maverick. maverick did i say maestro before you did i meant maverick um maverick just has a perception of being op and so it's like that's just one more thing it's like right I'm looking at his wiki page right now. Did you know that when you hit somebody with a sledgehammer, that counts as two hits? It takes two charges off your... I did not know that. Yeah, interesting. That is very interesting, actually. That's very strange. Also, I saw a thing. Somebody posted... There was lots of cosplays posted over Halloween, which was great. Like, I right. thought that was really fun. Yeah. Somebody posted a cosplay of, like, uh, somebody was Capkin, and they were, like, downed and, like, crawling on the floor. And then, like, around the corner comes a dude cosplaying a sledge, and he has his hammer. <laughs> and he, like... <laughs> He like spins the hammer in his hand and then like hits him with it, and somebody's like, "Now I need hammer sw- hammer twirling in the game." And somebody's like, "Yeah, you should be able to push the R to reload. You should be able to push reload button and like twirl the hammer in your hands. Like that'd be so. <laughs> that'd be really funny. That'd be really really funny. That'd I think be the totally add that. I think that is the most satisfying thing as Sledge that you can do. Literally, is sledgehammering somebody. Yeah, and like, how great would it far. be? when a sledge is like coming up to sledgehammer somebody that's down and they're twirling their hammer like taunting them and then they get shot like that would just be the most amazing <laughs> thing that's like the ending kill cam is killing a sledge trying to taunt with his hammer yes um all operators should be able to do that actually every operator should be able to hold out the gadget and press r and do some like taunt with it or something well 
it just doesn't make sense with all operators. No. Some of them actually do reload their gadgets. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really think about I was thinking about like Jaeger and like mute. Like Yeah. Well, I don't know what you do with that, but I don't know. Anyway, that would be really cool though to have a sledge is have a little taunt. Um but yeah, I don't know if I have anything else with sledge. My funniest sledge story. So our other friend Seth, uh, he mains sledge. And what like one time I was spectating our other friend and he's playing fuse and he's like, he's going up to a softball and he puts down his breach charge to open it. And then Seth just comes like flying up behind him and just smashes the wall right next to the breach charge and like runs through and like just goes and like drops over a balcony and kills a guy. And then like our other friend AG, he just like kind of looks at him and then just like picks up the breach charge and follows him. <laughs> so funny. Like that's my favorite sledge moment of all time. It is really funny. I love when people are like putting breach charges on stuff. It's like, dude, I'm sledge. Yeah, he just boom. Um, I can make a hole. Okay, anything else on sledge? No. Let's move on to Rook. I trust that the ceramic trauma plate I'm wearing will stop a 357 Magnum round traveling at 490 meters per second. I trust myself not to move, not to flinch. I trust my teammates. And they trust me. So, Rook is sort of my uh, defender main. Um, and the reason why is because when I play Rook, we win. Like, So, I'm looking right now at my stats with him. Um, when I sort by win-loss, he actually comes up sort of in the middle of the pack at uh, 1.25 win-loss. But... I also have 50 hours on him, which is like twice as much or almost three times as much as my next closest. So like these are like truer stats, right? So it's going to even out. But yeah, so like what I like about Rook is man can take a hit. (laughs) Like like, because he's three armor to start with and then his gadget, of course. Like So whenever you're playing Rook, obviously you have the gadget, except for that one time that I put it down. We were trying to figure out who didn't have their armor and it was me. (laughs) He didn't have their armor. (laughs) That was very funny. Um, but so yeah, just always having the, always having that buff every time on top of your three armor, like that man can take a freaking punch. And like, I think that's why we win with like, well, obviously like you're going to win more with Rick as we've seen on the charts that like he buffs the whole team. Right. So every single time everybody on the team's harder to kill, of course, that's going to increase the win rate. Right. Um, but like also what I like about him is because he's one speed, it sort of forces me to play a little bit smarter because you can't retreat quickly. You like you like you just don't have the option to try to run to the other side of the map to flank in most cases because it's like you just can't get there in time to do anything. Right. So like he sort of forces me to play safer and smarter. Um so like a lot of times what I like to do with him is I mean, obviously, first thing, you put your armor down, you put up reinforcements, you open your holes, because he has impacts, which is great. Like, mm-hmm. this was, he, he's a great anchor because he can do that stuff, right? Like, he buffs the whole team, and then he's got the impacts to open the, the stuff, and everybody else can save their impacts for their roaming or for, like, shields or whatever, because Rook's going to take care of opening up the, the objectives. Uh, and then what I like to do with him is I just sort of will hang out, like, in a very, very close room, because um, he has a great gun. Uh, I like to use the MP5. I pretty much exclusively use the MP5 with the ACOG. I've never really touched the P90 or the, what is it, SGQ? Shotgun. Yeah, the shotgun, whatever that's, that's like called. That's like CQB something. Yeah, it's it's not good. S- SGCQB. There you go. Um, 
shotgun close quarter combat. That's a pretty simple acronym, but I can remember. I was trying to figure out what the SG stood for. Yeah. Uh, I assume it's shotgun. Yeah, but yeah, that makes sense. It's not very good, and the MP5 is so good that, like, why bother? So just, like, right. just having that stuff, like, I just, I like, I'll try spawn peaks a lot more with Rook than I did with other people because he has that great ACOG with the MP5. And then, like, and then I'll just sort of, like, stake, like, close, right? And so, like, I'm able to help either, like, the roamer who's out if I need to. Like, I can sort of go out and offer, offer support, or I can fall back onto the objective if they, like, rush or push really hard or whatever. So, like, in that way, just because he's slow, he, like, forces me to play better, I feel like. Um, and then also the armor. Like, if you do make a mistake, you can, you, you like, you can just sort of just take some hits and, like, fall back. And, like, I can't tell you how many times I've, like, finished rounds with Rook with, like, under 10 health just because, like, I just take a beating, like, doing stupid stuff and then, right. and then win. Um, let's see. I would love to see a statistic where it shows, like, operator combos and where they land on the wind delta. Like, yeah, that would be interesting. Doc It'd be hard to gather. Cause, it like, would be. It'd be very difficult. But I would love to see when Doc and Rook are together if that climbs the win rate significantly. Yeah, it'd be cool. I like I wish that Ubisoft would expose more data to the community. Yeah. Um just like via API or whatever. I see everything you have. Yeah, just just like expose it all via API and like let us cuz then then you could like build a site that would just do that where you could type right. into operators and it would go do the query and like that would be so Come cool to be able to see that. So like one thing I don't like about Rook and this is petty is like he doesn't have any good uniforms or headgear like at all like his his weapons have some cool skins yeah he does have like one headgear that looks kind of cool but most of it's just like different colors yeah his yeah i mean actually yeah he does have a couple of good headgears he has like the the like metal like uh like world war one helmet thing yeah you know what i'm talking right. about yeah. that one's cool and then like doesn't he have like a it almost looks like a, the the giant dad mask from um from dark souls or it's just like it's sort of like a Greek mask or something. Yeah, you know talking like a talking stone, about. like Greek. Yeah. So he has some that. So are yeah, cool. he does have some good headgear, but like his uniforms, I feel like they're all just like different colors, alternate colors that like none right. of them are actually very cool. His elite skin's pretty good, but I don't actually have any elite skins, so I don't really think about that too much. But like that's just one thing. Like I wish I could unlock some cooler stuff for him. It's kind of hard to think of stuff to say about Rogue just because he's he's sort of just so basic like there's nothing special you can do about his gadget right like right you just put it down and everybody picks it up right there used to be like the strategy of putting it like in front of a drone hole yeah so like if you guys don't know this two things one is drones used to be able to like jump into the rook bag and they could see out of it right and so like it was like a great hiding spot for drones and then which you can't do anymore and then two like he used to be able to place it a lot closer to like walls no they couldn't jump in they could get like under the flap yeah right because it has the open well, I flap think i still can't get under the flap no they can't the flap's solid now you sure mm-hmm. okay. positive uh and the other thing he could do he used to be able to put it way closer to walls so he could actually like block drone holes with it yeah which was amazing like on yeah. certain objectives that was like clutch that like mew didn't have to worry about a drone hole and like so, like on old Hereford, there were certain drone holes in the basement where like they would, the drones would like drop down something inside of the vent and then like they couldn't get back up. So that's essentially a wasted drone. Like once they drop down and they're stuck behind a, the rook bag, as long as the rook bags there, that drone's totally oh, yeah, useless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do remember that. No, but there was a way to get back up that it was a hard jump, but you could do it. 
Really? Yeah, because I know I've done it. You have to like, I don't remember how I did it, but like, there's a way to there was a way to get back up that hole. But yeah, anyway, like that was super cool. You can't do any of that stuff anymore. So like his his gadget, it's more than anybody else has become like no thought. Yeah, but but in a way, that's what I like about him. Like, I choose him particularly like when I'm playing new maps, I choose him a lot because I don't like. I don't have to worry about doing the wrong thing. I just put my armor down. And then I just like try to figure out a couple of rooms that we're in. Right. Um, I like him for new players. I think that every new player should start with Rook because he like, he offers all that extra health, you know, and, and he like, you can't screw anything up with his gadget. Like he's great. He's like, he's so good just for like, just, he's just so straightforward. Like, I love that about him. these. This might be why he's our most played operators. These are our most played. You can literally play them on any map, any objective, and it doesn't matter because they are always useful. Yeah. Rook is always useful. Doc is always useful. Thatcher is, well, there he's less useful than he used to be, but he's almost always useful. Right. So that's always useful. Yeah. Like, no matter what happens, these operators are good to have on the team. Right. Like, there, like there's definitely other operators where it's like, on certain objectives, I'll pick this operator every time because I have a great strategy with them. There's, like, something specific with their utility that I need or, you know, whatever. But like, like if I if it just comes to like choosing a default operator, like it's gonna be between Rook and Thatcher practically every time. So, yeah, Rook Rook is just great. He's really good. I someone played Rook the other day. He was like being a douche teammate in casual, and he put down the armor, picked it up, and then shot it so nobody else could get it. Yeah, I was like wow. That. I actually douche. love that as Rook when people are being like trolls on my team. My favorite thing to do with Rook is to like wait for them to like run away before putting the armor down or like or like gather the rest of the team in a corner like put it down like can't really get your armor and then just like destroy it before the guy comes and comes to get it and like that's one way i can get back at you without like shooting you or you know and typically they'll shoot at me for that and that's like very stupid but he like he can sort of troll people without like actually doing anything wrong which is kind of fun Okay, I think that's all we have to say about our operators. Um, let's do some Reddit posts. Reddit, 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 Reddit. We need some kind of transfer uh, sound cue or music or something for the Reddit post, I feel like. We need a Reddit post theme. If you guys have any ideas for a Reddit post theme, send it in. Yes. Um, okay. I'm going to start with a post by John Z Gamer. So this is another operator. I'm kind of a sucker for the operator ideas, I guess. Like as long as it's like well thought out. Yeah. Like I just think it's awesome. So I so this operator is called Bishop. He actually made like this like, really sweet uh like uh infographic for this thing where he's actually got a player model and a gadget model and like an icon and the gun outlines. Like it's, it's really cool. I think he actually took a player model from like rainbow six Vegas or something. Cause somebody said love the Vegas throwback. So I guess Bishop is an operator in Vegas. I haven't played the previous rainbow sixes besides like the very, very first one. So yeah, I kind of want to go back at some point and do that. But so anyway, Bishop, um, he's an attacker and Bishop's special gadget is a high frequency generator plate. To use the gadget, you have to stick it to a wall, uh, soft, reinforced, or barricades. When it's already in place, the gadget will begin to generate a high-frequency sound towards the other side of the wall like a sonar. With this, the gadget will transmit a real-time image um, of the other side of the wall. All attackers will be able to see this camera sonar using their cell phones. The gadget can be removed from the wall and placed as many times as Bishop wants as long as the plate isn't destroyed. Bishop will have two plates. Um, So basically, it's like, 
like putting down a Jaeger ADS, but it shoots sonar through the wall. And then you can get on your phone and see like, he actually said it's inspired by the dark night when Batman has like the cell phone sonar, if you guys remember that. So like, just imagine that where you could sort of see like shady, shadowy figures on your cell phone through this thing. Yeah. This sounds amazing. I think that's a great idea. It'd be cool. Like, I love ideas like this that are unique and like different. Yeah. This is a little bit like the idea that we got from somebody else recently where the guy could like shoot a dart and it would like, like burrow through the wall and right. have like a camera feed. Right. It's sort of the same as that, except he's saying you wouldn't be able to spot on it, uh, which I think is interesting because like, I don't think there's any other Intel gathering device where you can't spot, right? I mean, all the other cameras, there's no camera where you can't spot from it. Yeah, I think you're correct. Um, so I think that'd be cool because like it's it's giving Intel, but it's not like adding to the spotted problem that we already have. Um, some extra info he has on it. Since the image is generated through sound waves, the gadget will be able to see goo mines and yokai drones, which I think is actually really cool. So it's almost like IQ in that way where it like, you know, the, the yokai and the goo mine would bounce off the sound just as much as, as something not cloaked. And then he brings up mute and bandit as counters, obviously, and it can be destroyed with bullets or explosives. I think this sounds awesome. Give us thoughts, Chris. Give us thoughts. You just sit there like a silent mute man. I know. I'm just trying to read the description. I don't think I understood it when you read it. What's to understand? He puts it on the thing. It's sonar. You look on your phone and you see like images of where the people are. It's not like a full camera feed, but it's so like... it's just like, a, okay. Like you've seen The Dark Knight, right? No. The second Batman movie after Batman Begins, you haven't seen this? No. Are you kidding me? I'm serious. This is like one of the best movies ever made. I know. Mom wouldn't let me watch it when, I first, when it first came out. Gosh, how old were you? I was, this was like, like 2008. I was like 11. That seems a little old to not be able to watch that, but okay. Well, it's pretty violent. Yeah. We need to watch that. Let's watch that like this week. Okay. I'm freaking, my mind is blown. Like, <laughs> I just, I looked like, so I did watch like the first, I think I was going to watch it one time, like on Netflix or whatever, like a few years ago. And then like, I just never got around to it and then went off Netflix. I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. He is so good. Anyway. Okay, I'm going to let you read that while I do this. Uh, so I was thinking it'd be cool if Castle was also sort of a soft counter to him where he wouldn't be able to sonar through Castle's armor panels. Ooh, interesting. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Because, like, Castle's armor panels already, there's sort of an invitation for Fuse, and so it'd be kind of stupid if it was just an invitation for Bishop also to put the sonar on there and basically be indestructible i agree i do think this would be a cool gadget now that i've read it and understood also i like the tar 21 a lot yeah the tar 21 is one of the guns he wants for him that's a great gun in uh mw2 yeah it's a Modern warfare 2 yeah and then also he says the h and k hk 33 which is uh the gun that thatcher's ar 33 is based off of and a bull cherokee which looks like some kind of large pistol looks like a deagle kind like of a 45 or a 50 caliber right Sounds like it. Cool. Good post. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go into a second one. Ooh. Because. Can I say something real fast before yes. we continue to this post? Holy freak, I did not see how many Reddit posts there are on the aesthetic changes. Literally, like, every second. I'm just going to read the titles real fast. We're all sick of it, Ubi. I, no, wait, no. Not that one. That one's 
seven something else. I have officially uninstalled Siege. A short message to Ubisoft regarding the proposed aesthetic changes. Ubi, you have called out too much. No response. I love you too, Ubisoft. Ubisoft, what the actual heck? How do you give East Europe and Africa servers before giving before extending to Asia? Tip on removing violence from the game. Do you need to spell out for you? Forgive. Oh, that's different. Anyway, there's like 30 posts on this just on the front page. Yeah, that, that it is, is ridiculous. Since again, China's say, going to take over Ubi soon. Dot dot dot. Just get over saving it, myself from frustration. It's it's a it's a very minor thing. If this is the biggest issue, like not even in the game, but if this is something you're concerned about right now in the world, like. You should probably just take a second, chill out, think about other things that are more important. Right. Uh, okay, so this second post is from the same guy. So when I, we, we usually like to ask people if it's okay if we talk about their posts on, on the podcast before we do it. So when I asked him that, he said, hey, yeah, if you want to check out this other operator idea I posted a couple months ago and talk about that. So this one is also good. Um, he calls him Apollo. He's a defender. Um, and he, basically what Apollo has is like a mirror window, except it's a flash thing. So it's like, it's blitzes flash built into like a, a mirror type device where he puts it up. It, it breaks the wall, the same as like a mirror thing does. And then when defenders walk by it, it just flash or attackers rather, it just flashes them. Right. That sounds great. So I feel like that's Ella, but just super strong. More or less, yeah, but but it's visible, right? Ella's things okay. are, are harder to see. Okay. And you put them sort of like, you put them on the backside of a doorway so somebody walks in and, and they don't see it because it's on the opposite side. Right. This would be like, you, it's like a mirror window. It's huge. Okay. Now I'm understanding. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I understand. Okay. Like he said, they would be blind for like four seconds, which seems like a very, very long time. Yeah. But, and, but then he says it would be unlimited, but it, it needs um, time to automatically recharge. So I think you could balance it if there was, if it was like a 10 to 15 second recharge, you know, I think like a four second blinding would be appropriate. But this sounds kind of awesome. Like I'm thinking about places you could put this like on border uh, at the top of like on the top objective that everybody always picks first. Yeah. Uh, those like the main stairs that come up right by the metal detector. Uh-huh. If you just put it on that wall right at the top of those stairs. Like that pretty much shuts down that door as a way to enter. Right. And so, and to give more information on the gadget, he's saying he gets three of them. That's probably too many. I'd probably say two. The plate's bulletproof, but Twitch can destroy it. Thatcher can disable the gadget. If the attackers destroy the surface where the plate is located, the gadget will also be destroyed. I kind of feel like it should work like a mirror. Like mirror has like the gas canister on the back that if you destroy it, it, it pops out the mirror. It should have like a little battery on the back where Thatcher, not Thatcher, uh, Thermite could, not Thermite either, Twitch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if Twitch could come in and destroy it from the backside, I think that'd be cool. And then, like, if there was some kind of visual cue on the front that it's not receiving power anymore. Okay. I think this is a pretty good I think I like uh, Bishop more than I like Apollo, but I think Apollo's good, too. And actually, um, Ubisoft responded to this one. Uh, Ubizoro responded. He said, cool idea. Uses mechanics that are already in-game, staying unique in function. I also like the icon mock-up. Thanks for sharing. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the fact. Do you think that means it has any like that means anything? I would say that at least means it gets put on some kind of list to like talk about or yeah. discuss. You know that like I I don't know how much they take ideas from the community. I'm trying to think. Wasn't there an operator that like we basically came up with before they made them? Uh, let me look here. Nope, that's fake news. That's not true. That didn't happen. 
Um, give me your Reddit post. This post is by Wismic Music, <laughs> and his feedback is, we're all sick of it, Ubi. So, basically, this post talks about something that we've talked about multiple times, but basically, he says, after 670 upvotes and 9,000 views, his post was removed for name and shaming accusations. So, basically, he had made a post about a guy who doesn't team kill, but he shoots people down to, like, 10 to 20 health. Yeah. And he posted it with his name, so the mods removed it. For a good reason, like, you can't have witch hunting going on because, like, false accusations and stuff. And it gets messy and annoying. Um, but basically, his post talks about why does their report toxic behavior button not do anything? Because they counted in the Reddit and they had, they found 18 different posts talking about how they had reported this player for toxic behavior. So mm. 18 reports on toxic behavior and he's still in the game because all they have is the auto ban system that doesn't auto ban someone that purposely runs in front of smokes to get himself killed, tries to run in front of your bullets purposefully like um shoots you until you're at 10 to 20 hp so he doesn't get auto banned from the system yeah how long can that remain fun i don't know a while you make a youtube video out of it and people think it's funny i get oh yeah i hate i hate when i see youtube videos of like trolls and video games that's so annoying yeah it is when they have a youtube channel of literally just trolling people it's like why are we supporting those idiots yeah stupid there was something that he said that i really like oh this oh this is great so why is it that users can have an offensive name but when you refer to their name in chat you get insta banned my friend just took a two-hour ban because he said someone's in-game name this comment is the best funniest thing ever <laughs> said i got banned when someone named pocky specialist says hey guys i just changed my uplay name but for me it won't update what's my name say for you guys <laughs> Oh my god! And so the guy replied to him and said, "It says Pocky Specialist for me." He says, "See ya, lol." And he thinks for a second, he's like, "Oh crap!" And he gets banned for thirty minutes. So he just like laughs. He's like, "It's only thirty minutes." Like whatever. But that's super funny. Literally, like you can get someone kicked out of a ranked match. Be like, "Hey, what's my name say, guys? Does it say like like that's a good, that's a good little lie." Yeah, like he literally got people. To he, he got him. Get banned. He got him good for literally nothing. Like that guy didn't do anything wrong. So basically, this guy's whole post is like. It's it's seriously asinine that they're not applying the same filter to names as they are to in-game chat. It makes right. no sense. Right. And this guy's like... I mean, if, it, to be fair, it seems like the names are Uplay names, right? And, and I'm sure the Siege developers have no control over the Uplay filters on the names. Right. But it seems obvious that you should be checking for the same stuff. Yeah. Um, freak. There was another comment on here that I thought was really funny. Someone's oh this person basically saying like RuneScape has like a toggle switch where you can if you are offended by offensive language you can toggle it and all you see is asterisks and everybody else can see whatever they want to see. Like part of the gaming community, especially on PC, is talking yeah. trash to each other. Yeah, that's just what it is. That's yeah, it. so it, it's it's hard. It's like I kind of would like it to be clean, but at some point it's like you can't police everything. So why are you like kind of putting in these arbitrary rules that people don't really know what they are? We got mute. Like, it seems like we should be able just to mute people. Yeah. People are getting uh, people banned, too, for telling them to spell dabbing backwards. Babbing? Dabbing. Da oh, yeah. Because it says nibba. Nibba. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, That's my post. Let's do listener questions. So this week, all these listener questions came through the new Discord server. You guys should all join that. I keep forgetting to say this at the beginning of the episode. Join the Discord server. Uh, we're, we've got a good community building up over there. We're going to start doing um, uh, games with people and stuff, so it'll be fun. 
Uh, Jack's Raging asked, how important are audio cues in this game, i.e., how can I get my teammates to stop talking so I can hear footsteps? Uh, I think we all know audio cues are critical in Siege. Like, if you're not wearing a good headset, then you are going to be severely handicapped compared to other players. No, for sure. You need to have... Have you seen the gamers that wear headphones? Headphones? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, headphones. Like, oh, like earbuds? Yeah. They're not called headphones. They're called earbuds. Headphones are just headphones. What are headphones? What do you mean? Headphones are any device that you put on your head and plays sound. Oh. Well, earbuds, though. Like, some gamers bear earbuds, like school candies or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I actually... uh, I've played Siege on Xbox on free weekends a few times, just because it's fun to be low-level and play against noobs. Yeah. Um, And in those cases, I did earbuds, too, because I could just plug it straight into the controller, which was, like, really convenient. Oh, right. So uh, it might be those kinds of people. I can't imagine there's a lot of PC gamers well, that do that. No, I'm talking like PC gamers. Like streamers and stuff? Yeah. That's a little strange. There's a few that I've seen. Especially because earbuds are not that comfortable. No. To wear for like a few hours. Right. Uh, anyway. Weird. Pro tip, getting your teammates to stop talking. Well, is I guess, are you talking about random teammates or are you talking about your friends in your Discord server? Because if it's your friends, like what we always do, we're, we'll just like tell people to shut up. We're like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> like, yeah and everybody kind of disrespects that because when you're the last guy alive and everybody else is talking it's like chill guys come on try to play here uh if they're in-game teammates you could turn down the voice chat that's probably the best you could do yeah that um not indicator that control is very sensitive though like you turn it down five that's turning it down a lot actually really yeah then get like i turned mine down one time because it was too loud so i turned it down to like 60 and it was like silent i was like oh freak i ended up just turning it down five and it was like significant enough tazvek asks if clash is jigglypuff in melee is ash fox so i think i think ash should be falco uh would she be falco this comes from like well the first or second episode where i compared clash to jigglypuff from melee uh is ash fox what what's her up there or what's her her up um, there up smash? Yeah. Uh, the R4C. The R4C is, or, or uh, no, no head hitbox. No head hitbox. That's her up smash. That's her up smash. That's like the, I'm trying to think of somebody who has something like that in Melee. Can't think of anything akin to that. I think she would have to be Fox because she's like universally looked at as like the best fragger. It, it's, it's kind of hard to make the comparison because yeah. the games are so different, but. I just feel like Falco so fast. Well, Falco doesn't actually move very fast. Fox is faster than Falco. Really? I thought Falco uh, was the fastest. Fa- no, Falco... Like sprinting isn't... So Captain Falcon's the fastest sprinting, right? I think so. I can't think of anybody who's faster than him, but I don't, don't know for sure. I think he's the fastest, but Fox is right up there. Falco is very fast in the air. Okay. Uh, and he, he, like, combos faster, but, like, I, just, like, actual movement, Fox is actually quite a bit faster than Falco. Learn something new every day. Yeah. So I think I think she has to be Ash. And then Falco would be Zofia, I guess. Right. Uh no monitor cats asks if you had to use one operator, defense and offense for the rest of your siege career, which two would you pick? So two operators. If one defender and one offender. Offender attacker. Sledge is my attacker. I know. Like you're gonna say sledge doc and I'm gonna say thermite uh rook, but let's 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 take those off the table. Like okay. if you can't just say your mains. If I had, I, I think I would go Maestro for defense 
because uh, he's just super fun. And actually, my my kill rate with Maestro is like 1.6 or something, which is way higher than any of my other operators. So I do really well with him, and I just think he's really fun. I think I might go Valkyrie for defense. Oh, Valkyrie's a good pick. Yeah. The problem with Valkyrie is when you're playing with randoms. Right. Like, and and then, like, the worst is when you're Valkyrie, you've thrown these great cameras, and then you're the last guy alive, and nobody's giving you any intel. It's like, you guys, I have these yeah. beautiful cameras up this there. Sec- like, on Valkyrie, almost it's best just, like, to be the first one to die, because then, like, you're actually playing your cameras. Yeah. But, yeah, Valkyrie's a great pick. For attackers... Can I choose Buck? <laughs> Yeah, you can just buck. I sure. think I'd go buck then if I can't do sledge. I mean, if it would really just be sledge, then I guess sledge, right? But yeah, it would. It would. I would really pick sledge, and I think I might pick Valkyrie over Doc, just because like Doc forces me to not play how I like to play sometimes. Yeah, and Valkyrie, I have that freedom. For some reason, I'm thinking Glass. Like I don't know why that popped in my head, and that's like the only person I can think of. Something about like he's just plays so different. And that's kind of cool. Um, I might, I guess, do Ash. I do really like Ash, and I do well with her. Also, Blitz. Blitz is fun. The problem with Blitz is I can't depend on them to not... No, wait, stop. Hold the phone. Capital. I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Capital is super fun. Like, And I, I only expect him to get better as they like try to fix him. Right. I might do uh, IQ, actually. I do like IQ. You do like IQ. More than you should. Yeah, I'm going to go Capital Maestro, which are sort of like my like backup mains. Yeah. Okay, that's all of our questions. Anything else you want to bring up before we kill this? We need to go play some seeds. It's getting late. Yeah, nope. It would be nice if we could just focus through the whole podcast. I know. If only somebody could pay attention I and promise. keep this next thing one, flowing. Next one, I will not lose focus one time. Also, next one, I will have no... I'm busy this week. I do want to have that Reddit letter written to Ubisoft oh, about spawn voting. Oh, that letter. I do still have that in the works. I just got busy. Oh, yikes. It's in the pipeline. <laughs> okay, guys, if you haven't already, don't forget to join the Discord server. Uh, we'll have that in the show notes as well as I've tweeted out. I'll tweet it out again sometime. Uh, that's where you can send in your questions. Also, feel free to tweet us at r 600 now. If you've got questions, we'll still continue to look there. If you see anything on Reddit that you want us to look at, um, either tag us or message us. I'm RD Fiasco. Chris is just hello with three O's. Correct. If you want to follow us on the social medias slash the video channels, uh, I'm on the YouTubes at BG Fiasco. And Chris is just hello with three O's. And then same thing on the Twitch. Is that it? That's it. Happy season. Guys, pardon the bad microphone, but if you want to hear something funny, check out the video called Chris Doesn't Know How to Listen on my YouTube channel. I have it linked in the show notes, and it should be one of the first videos on my channel, VG Fiasco.